Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Drop the Mic, the Chamber podcast. My name is Mo Bellavo, and I am the executive director of the Chamber of Greater East Hampton. And again, I say this is Drop the Mic. This is where I get to talk with chamber members, local thought leaders, entrepreneurs, business professionals, and I want to know who they are, what they do, and why they do it. Uh, We are here in East Hampton Media Studios, and I am eternally grateful to East Hampton Media, to Jeff Mastriani, Executive Director, Ryan Arnold, Production Coordinator, and Tim Riley, Operations Manager, because they are the ones who put all of this magic together and make us look really fabulous. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are here with today's guest for Episode 17. Ed Hamill of Glendale Ridge Vineyards. I just love Ed and Mary. Uh, We met about seven years ago when I first came to the chamber. I have a little story I'm going to share, Ed. Um, In my quest to bring on new members, I, uh, I would give my join the chamber, East Hampton chamber spiel to Ed over and over. And whenever he saw me at public uh, events, he would have this grin on his face, embrace himself. He didn't run away, so I give him credit for that. He didn't run away, but finally, uh, I, I I did not relent, and um, Ed and Mary ultimately became chamber members. So I'm eternally grateful for that, and it has been a delightful little cat and mouse game that we had played for a little while. Um, so let's get into it. You know what, Mo? What? It's so hard to say no to you. Well, it took you long <laughs> <laughs> But here we are. Here we are. So it was a thrill. And uh, how the heck are you, Ed? Oh, we're doing good. Yeah. You're doing yeah. good? Yeah. The vineyard's back open again, the winery. Yeah. We opened nice. up uh, about a month ago. Nice. Uh, you know, dealing with COVID is always an issue. Also, you know, so many mm. businesses that have an indoor space and customers. So it's been, it's been tricky. It's been tricky. It's been hard to like try to manage and figure things out um, uh, and be safe for not only our customers, but our staff. Right, right. And you are so, you and Mary are so people focused and people oriented. I'm sure that was, it was a difficult time. Yeah. For you guys to get up and running even too. Um, So let's back up a little bit. I want to know who you are. Ed Hamill. Give us a little background. Who, who I you? am? Yeah, who are uh, you? Well, I'm from Hoyoke. Okay. Oh, okay. Did, 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 you, notice the, did you notice the accent, Hoyoke? I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and Mary, Mary as well. We were high school sweethearts. Aw. Uh, we, um, we got married in uh, 1972. Mm-hmm. This is going to be our 50th wedding anniversary. Nice. Coming up this com- coming, up, coming up this summer. Nice. Um, we've been hard workers our entire life. I was a contractor. Mary was a dental hygienist, mostly a stay-at-home mom for, for a lot of time. And uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to buy a retired dairy farm in 1992. Um, uh, I always knew that I wanted to grow something. Actually, I thought what I was going to grow was similar to what you're growing now, Mo. Vegetables. You know, you've got your, yeah, you've got your greenhouse thing going on. <laughs> um, uh, but in the end, we decided on grapes. So we planted uh, a, a small vineyard at first, 110 vines, that we we're going to make wine just for ourselves. Right. And, you know, a, a lot of people might have a business plan. Yeah. We didn't necessarily have a business plan. I tell people that, that, this, that this vineyard winery thing, it's taking us someplace. Oh. And we it's follow it. It's a journey. It. We follow it. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So we went from 150 vines to... Uh, five acres now. Wow. Uh, I think it's around 3,700 vines. Wow. And uh, we, uh, we, we, were, we were able to use a lot of the old barns for 
our, our, our winery space, our customer space. We mm. built an addition in 2017 uh, that's more modern and nice, very nice actually. We like it a lot. Beautiful, so beautiful. And so, um, uh, you know, then we're, and now we're here. We, we've, we, the last couple of years, like, you know, like so many other businesses, especially the restaurant scene, and we're sort of similar in, 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 in the way it all operates as restaurants, you know, in that people come in, uh, in order to, obviously in order to uh, drink wine, you have to take your mask off or whatever. Right. So, but I think we're, I think we're, we're over the hump now and headed into a better place. And yeah. we're feeling, we're feeling good about it. Yeah. I hear that. So tell us where you are. Where is the vineyard? We're in Southampton. Right. It, you know, it's interesting because the Hamptons, the Hamptons, East Hampton, North Hampton, South Hampton, West Hampton, they almost come together in a four corners. And we're in that four corners. Right. So we're we're only we're only a half mile from East Hampton. Right. We're one mile from Northampton, and probably one mile from West Hampton. Uh, right. There you go. And so, um, and you have a tasting room. We do. It's yeah. beautiful, brand new tasting yeah. room. Yeah. 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 Uh, when we built the addition in in 2017. Uh, the old tasting room was was in an 1860s barn yep. that we absolutely love, and as part of the addition, uh, our architect uh, John Kuhn originally he wanted to use that space for customer space, and uh, when he first drew the drew the plans up, we're like, oh, that's really nice. But then as Mary and I thought about it, we're like, you know what? We don't want to give up that tasting bar. It's too special to us. Right. So we actually have two tasting bars, two small tasting bars, one in the old space and one right. in the new space. Right. It's absolutely beautiful. So let's talk about uh, a little bit more specifics. And can you share with me in what area do you consider within the vineyard world um, an expert or the business world? It doesn't have to necessarily be the, the, the vineyard world, but as a business person in this entrepreneurial journey that you're on. Well, uh, being a small business, um, uh, you know, I like, I, like, I, I like to talk about how we really have, we have a farm. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a winemaking operation. Yeah. And we have an event space, uh, so it's really three, di- almost like three different businesses. So we have to we have to jockey all of that together. Um, we have professional people, uh, full time people, staff uh, that that make the wine for How us. How many employees do you have? We have one full time employee. Nice. We have a uh, a, a part time uh, consultant for the winemaking, mm-hmm. uh, and we also have several part time people uh, that uh, that that work various amounts of hours mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and things are starting to pick up now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Mary runs, she runs the, uh, the, the, she runs the indoor space. She takes care of that. She does all the bookings. Uh, she does a lot of tastings. Uh, my, my role is more, is more towards the outdoor uh, farming aspect of things. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, taking care of the vines and it's a process. It's a year round process. We're, we're actually just, uh, we're actually just finishing up our pruning for the year today. So do you have, like, so we have, as vegetable farmers, we have a, a lull, right? In, in January, February, we have a lull. Do you have a lull in your, in your vine, in your vineyard? Um, well, yeah, the vines, go dormant. the vines go dormant in, in uh, October, November, once the leaves fall off uh, after, a, after a hard frost. Uh, so then after they go dormant, we like to, we like to wait uh, maybe six, six weeks, eight weeks or so before we start pruning. And then we're pruning, and we're pruning uh, towards the end of December usually, and it goes on all winter long because we have to pick and choose our days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of days you can't work outside, mm-hmm. but we're outside. We're outside a lot of days when it's ten degrees. If it's ten degrees and sunny, we're fine outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're pruning through the winter. Uh, the vine, the vines, uh, as I said, we're, we're we're actually finishing pruning today. Wow. Uh, and and the next step is going to be. Uh, 
the vines are gonna the vines are gonna start pushing buds out in about three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're starting to swell a little bit yeah, now. Yeah. When we've been pruning, they're actually they're actually what I call bleeding, where when you make a cut, there's a lot of water coming out of the vine now that has to seal up. Uh, so once once they uh, once the buds once the buds start to burst, uh, then they're gonna start to grow, and as they start to grow, we're gonna go through we'll go through every single vine, every single one of the 3,700 vines, and uh, we'll 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 check to see that we're not overproducing. So that's a that's a key with the grapes is to make sure that we have the right amount of balance between the size of the vine and the number of grapes that it might produce. So thinning. So when we pruned, we left extra we left extra places in case of uh, potential damage either uh. through frost or freezing okay. or wind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen wind do damage. They're right. very tender when they start, first start to grow. So really? yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've they think been, of vines as being so sturdy. No, when they start to grow, especially when they get about maybe five, six inches high, they're, it doesn't take much for them to break. So uh, that's that's their genetics. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. And then through the through the summer, we're gonna we're gonna tend to them. We'll go through each. We'll go through each individual vine uh, probably four or five times, doing various things like more thinning, uh, straightening, alignment, um, uh, some leaf pulling. Mm-hmm. And ultimately harvest, which is October, the glorious time. Yeah, it's a it's a circle. Yes. everything goes in a circle. It right. repeats itself every year. Right. So, Ed, um, what about your this your farming expertise, <clears throat> your business expertise that you wish people knew about you that probably don't? Uh, the, well, yeah, the, the the vineyard thing is 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 a lot behind the scenes. Uh, w- Oftentimes, customers will come. They'll be doing tastings, and we'll be working in the vines. They won't. They won't even know that we exist. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of it, it is a cool scene too because the vines are right next to a nice outdoor tasting area that we have, yeah. so you can get the feel for what it's like to be at a, a vineyard winery. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff too that goes on with the bottling. Um, we're in there at various times of the year in the winery. Uh, Alex and Juan need help. And so we're filling in along with some with some other people that that are that are willing to help us out as well. So, for instance, when we bottle, uh, it's it's a usually we'll we'll put up about uh, thirty two hundred bottles in one day. Oh wow! And and it's a little bit of a process: the preparation, the preparation, uh, the setup with the bottles, uh, the setup of all the equipment necessary to do it. We do it all ourselves. And I love that though. Yeah, I love the, yeah. how hands on and how it's so artisanal and so. Um, family, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things, one of the things too, uh, just to divert, uh, uh, divert a little bit. Um, I've done. I've been the primary person for doing tours. So I'll take people into the winery. We'll go downstairs and we'll walk around. We'll look at the tanks. Sometimes we taste some wine. And you know, we haven't done that in a couple of years. And you know, I miss it. I I really miss it. And I don't think we're quite ready to get started back up with that again. Right. But pretty soon i think right yeah i'm so glad yeah because i think that's what makes the whole glendale ridge experience what it is you know and you get to to be downstairs with the with the uh tanks and the barrels and all that so cool um what's your what's the best part of your role at the vineyard oh well 
it, it's like I said before, it's, it's, it's really diversified. And that's, that's the way I've always been in my whole life. I like, I like doing different things. When I was, when I was a contractor, builder, carpenter, uh, I liked the fact that, that I would, I would be framing for a week. I might be roofing for a week. Um, I might be using a shovel for a few days, uh, uh, grading, pouring some concrete. I used to love all the diversification of it. And being, being that we are so small, it's the same way, it's the same way at the winery. We have to do a lot of different, a lot of different chores. Um, Yesterday, I was I was on a I was on a tractor with the forks, uh, picking up the prunings through the rows right. uh, for a few hours. Right. So um, uh, it it just it, it you just have to do what you have to do to get to, to get it done. We're we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna be bottling uh, within two weeks our 2021 whites and rosés. I think we've got seven maybe maybe eight varieties i can't remember oh now. wow a sauvignon blanc that we've never had before <gasps> yeah that's one of my faves it's it's, sauvignon. it's tasting delicious mm. yeah now that's that's the other great thing of course about owning, owning a winery right. is that we get to taste things and test things and right uh you know it, so it's it's a real treat that way well i have to say too i'm a member of the wine club and it's such a joy and a pleasure to have the opportunity to taste something within our selection for each quarter. You know, we get uh, one, three of the wines that you're presenting. And, you know, there's there's wines that I probably would not have tried had I not explored that, the wine club. And um, I, I the Riesling, I don't, it's not my cup of tea. I don't care for Riesling, but I have to tell you, I absolutely love Glendell Ridge's Riesling. It's Thank you. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, yeah, as, and, and then... The wine club, uh, what we what we really work hard on is 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 giving you guys first opportunities at at, at new releases. Love it. So so uh, with the with the with the wine club pickup that's that uh, was two weeks ago, uh, you got a Cabernet Franc. Um, yep. It was an estate Cabernet Franc from 2017. Yep. So we've been we've been sitting on that wine for four and a half years. Nice. It's been in storage. See? Yeah, it's just been in storage. How cool. Yeah, and. Um, and we, we've known that it's a great wine, uh, uh, but as, and, and we wanted to age it. We wanted to age it. We wanted to let it more, m- mature more and more. And I think it's even going to get better over the next five to seven years still. Really? Uh, it, but it's, there was not a lot of it. Every wine club member got one bottle, Ooh. and then there was an opportunity to buy one bottle uh, additionally. But um, You don't have any stashed away? Uh, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did put 10 cases in the library. Wow. Yeah, so we're, we're going to hold it for future, uh, and, and and again, that's one of the things we we haven't figured out. We know that we want a library. See, I would be terrible at that. And 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 <laughs> knowing but, that it's down to but the we library. don't we don't know how. Where's my we, library card? We, we've been holding we've been holding our wines for five years now, and and there's a bunch of cases of, of a lot of different wines. There might be a hundred cases now in the library. Um, we don't we don't know what we're going to do with it. But we're going to figure it out. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm absolutely sure you will. And I don't want to uh, gloss over either. You've the vineyard has won some awards, have they not? Oh, sure, yeah. So yeah. what are the, what what awards have you won? Yeah, well, um, especially our our Petit Naturels. It's a it's a, it's a nat- natural sparkling wine. Well, that's the Riesling that you were talking about, um, and uh, we just released that to the wine club this spring, and now it's for sale to customers. It's a, it's a huge hit. It's absolutely outstanding and delicious with natural bubbles. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, uh, what, I, I lost my train of thought the, here. What, what, I'm looking for the awards that you've won. Oh, yeah. Uh, gold medals with, with the, uh, a couple of the Petit Naturels. 
silver medals with with our wild with our wilder red. It's a it's a it's a, it's a Bordeaux style blend. Mm. Uh, silver medals with our Traminette. We don't have any Traminette right now. We're sold out of it, but the new one is going to be bottled in a couple of weeks. We'll have that for sale in about a month. Nice. Um, and and probably a couple of other silver medals. Uh, there were no competitions in 2020, so oh. yeah, it everything was canceled. So we so so Darn and it. and wine is a wine is always a year late anyway from when it's from when it's made. So we just made the tw- the 20s. Oh. Uh, no, we just made the 21s. Right. And so they'll go into a 22 competition. Some of them will. Right. Uh, we're getting excited <coughs> to enter wines this year into both the Finger Lakes International Wine Competition and the Atlantic Seaboard Wine Competition down in Virginia. Very exciting. Very exciting. And we've got some wines that we think will do pretty well. Excellent. I can't wait to hear. Um, what's the best business advice you've ever gotten, Ed? Oh, boy. Um, I, I, I think, honestly, probably by example more than anything else. Uh, uh, watching my father uh, work hard, my mother work hard, um, and then having really fond memories from my childhood. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, my mother grew up on a farm in, in central Vermont. And my grandfather, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, he was a hard worker. Mm. He was, he was kind of like an old Yankee type, mm-hmm. type, type guy that he, he had a few pigs, a few cows. He cut some hay. Mm-hmm. He grew some corn. He had a vegetable garden. He did a lot of different things. Mm. And that was, his, that was his livelihood with some part-time jobs maybe. But, mm-hmm. And he raised a bunch of kids. I think he had eight kids. So. Wow. So that's how he did it, old-style Yankee farmer. So right. he, he, was a, he was a good guy. It's in your blood. It's in my blood, too. My mom was uh, born uh, in Suffield in her grandmother's, on her grandmother's dairy farm. Um, so that's how she grew up. And it's in my, I can't stop. Let's go digging in the dirt, Ed. <laughs> so I think you have to be, yeah, you have to approach business uh, from from a smart economic standpoint. Mm. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you can figure that out. And not everybody figures it out. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes even the best intentions don't work out right. Right. So uh, I think you need a little bit of luck that way. Yep. And uh, so, so the economic side of it is really important. But then you have to realize that that to be uh, self-employed, to be an entrepreneur, is is you got to do it. You got to you got to work hard. Right. Yeah. There's no way of getting around it. Yep. No way of getting around it. What's the worst business advice you've ever gotten? Oh, maybe to start the winery again? Nah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no. Um, no. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, don't do it. Uh, you're not good enough. Right. You know, there are, there are, people, there are people out there that, that say, uh, oh, you, 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 they won't tell you per se, but you'll hear it secondhand. Uh, or you'll see it on their, in their body yeah, language. Yeah, it's like, you know, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. But yep. You just have to trust yourself and know that know when you're ready to do something, right. and 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 it it's it's just getting out there, uh, taking the bull by the horns, yep. and saying, you know what, I don't care what you say, I'm doing it. Right. Sometimes that even helps me. I know. If somebody says to me, you won't do it. I know it's even. I know. It, it, it's like a motivator. It is. I get the same thing. I'm like, oh yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> we'll show you. What's your um your biggest business challenge? <sighs> Uh, probably two, I'm thinking two things right off the top of my head. So from the business uh, standpoint, it's 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 getting people into the winery um, and mm-hmm. having more and more people find out about us. We mm-hmm. st- we still have so many cust- new customers that come to say, "Oh, we didn't know you were here." Mm. And uh, so that's a that's a challenge. Um, we also we also have this great outdoor space 
uh, that, yeah. The, yeah, that's really important to our business. Uh, so the challenge there, of course, is weather. Yep. It's, 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 all, about, it's all about good weather. Yep. So we do have, we do have uh, a legal indoor capacity of 89 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we utilize, we utilize that space um, as much as we can with tables and chairs and, and pouring stations, et cetera. Uh, we also bring people downstairs. We've done events downstairs in, in the actual barrel room, cool. which is which is really elegant because it's mm-hmm. a nice stone wall. There's mm-hmm. 21 there's 21 wood barrels, and uh, sometimes sometimes we'll taste out of the barrels. It's just it's just fun. It's a, yeah. it's a great it's a great experience. Um, the other challenge uh, uh, is is growing the grapes. Uh, everyone knows. Uh, I think most everyone knows that that operating a farm is difficult. Uh, you're dealing with you're dealing with um, uh, constant battles with weather, <laughs> um, uh, constant battles with help. Uh, you know, you may you may have you may have uh, the, the weather forecast looks really good for Wednesday, and you've planned you've planned uh, some some uh, some pruning, and and then all of a sudden it's it's not so nice anymore. So you got to scramble and you got to do other things. So we have you know we do try to save indoor work, and we're pretty good about it. Well, not to mention a random hailstorm. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we haven't had anything like that. But yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So, what trend in twenty twenty, um, you know, with the pandemic, um, has accelerated? Do you think in your business? Uh, well, uh, people. Last summer, we we reopened the indoor space in June, and June through August it was open, and hardly anybody was going inside. Everybody was staying outside. We had very, very few customers that were willing to go indoors. Mm. Uh, then, then when the Delta variant hit uh, in August, yep. end, I think it was the end of August, uh, we actually we actually closed the indoor space down. And uh, but I think we, I, I, my, my memory's a little vague now. I think we reopened it a little bit in November again, and then and then the Omicron variant hit, right. and we shut it down again. Right. So, so uh, now that that's over with. Uh, the, uh, we, we've had, we've had several, several good days of business since we reopened in the middle of March and people now are, are, they seem, they seem uh, more willing to go inside and they're, they're willing to be unmasked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and we've had discussions with, with, with our employees and, uh, about, about what to do as far as staff goes. Yep. And at this point, uh, our staff actually wants to wear a mask. Yeah, I so, don't blame them. So that's what we're doing. Our staff is wearing masks, sure. but uh, customers inside, um, somebody might walk in with a mask, but as soon as they're inside, they like take it off. Right, so, right. When they so realize. hopefully we're there. And I think we live in an area where where uh, so many of our customers now, you know, they're, they're boosted. Yep. Uh, I think they're feeling safer. Uh, they're, feeling, they're feeling more protected around the people that they're with. Right. So, so things are picking up. Good, good. What's the biggest insight relative to your business that you've gained during COVID? Oh, oh during COVID. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, we, we've. Or we've, in general, it doesn't have yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, during COVID, I mean, I, I think we were really creative. Yeah. Uh, we had to be creative about, about how to get our wine to people, uh, not only, not only on site, but to take home. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we did a year ago is we actually created an outdoor a parking station for people to come and park and stay with their vehicle and drink wine. Uh, I set it up very similar to what an outdoor movie theater might have been like. Right. All the space, we had 88 spaces. Nice. All the spaces were numbered and there was 27 feet between vehicles back when 
back when things were really unknown about right. about COVID and, and the transmission and what was going on. So we pl- we played it by the rules. Nice. And that was that was actually quite successful. Nice. Uh, people would come, they'd park, they'd bring chairs, they might sit in the back of their pickup truck, they set up outside their cars, Fun. they'd bring picnics, they'd walk over to the barn and, and we would sell bottles only. We were not doing tastings. Right. It's just like you buy a bottle, you take it back to your vehicle, you stay with it and you drink it. Nice. And we're fortunate to have a, a nice a nice farm with, with 80 acres that a lot of fields and things that we're able to be a little bit creative. Right. Um, and, and utilize that space in different ways. So so that was just getting creative in general. Um, setting up our outdoor, our outdoor uh, pouring stations uh, and 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 and, and Making people feel safe and comfortable when they come to us. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, are you a reader? Uh, not a lot. No. No. Okay. No. I won't ask you then what book you're reading now. Uh, I'll tell you my favorite book. Ever. Tell me. I, <laughs> uh, it's um, it's it's a book called Endurance about uh, Ernest Shackleton. Oh. Okay, and, yes. and um, uh, I just love the book. I think I've read it five times. Nice, but it and it's interesting that it's 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 just in the news again now, right? Because they just discovered the ship right at the bottom of the ocean yep. down in, in the Antarctic, right? And it's it's interesting because having read the book and having seen a lot of the pictures, I was thinking they're going to find a heap of junk. Yeah, no, uh, because it got crushed. Uh, what a great story, though! It's it's just just an amazing story, I and know. and you know Ernest Shackleton is looked upon as Isn't one it? of the world's greatest ever leaders. Isn't it amazing? Well, yeah. Do you know you know that hat that I wear in the wintertime with the pom poms on it? No. Okay. Well, I can't <laughs> believe it because it's my trademark. But anyway, I'll have to show it to you. That hat I knitted myself, and it was a design. I designed it myself, and it was a design based upon. Um, it connects into your story. Do you know who Tom Curran is? No. So Tom Curran was with Shackleton. He was one of the crew. And he is a um, Irish national hero. So um, we, Michael and I went to go visit, um, we traveled with a friend to visit his family. And we stayed with his family in Ireland. And to say, thank you, I knitted him. I, I said, I would like to knit you something. What would you like? He goes, oh, wow. I would like this hat. Well, it was Tom Curran's hat. And that was the design. So I came up with that and figured it out. So I call it the design of my hat, the Shackleton, because nobody, oh, knows, who interesting. Tom, nobody knows who Tom Kern is, but uh, if you're, unless you're in Ireland. But um, yeah, so that's the connection. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's my story. Yep. Um, one last question. There's, you have a soundtrack for your life, Ed. Music soundtrack. Uh, with much, many songs, I'm sure, on there. But one song absolutely has to be on there. What song would that be? Oh, are you asking me what maybe what my favorite song ever is? Uh, uh, it can be, but if, if you absolutely have to have it on your soundtrack of your life, like if you'd be. I think, I think for me, I think for me, music is more about the sound than it is oh. what the words are. Yep. Uh, because sometimes it's, it's really hard uh, to understand the words. Yep. So, so. Uh, Fleetwood Mac has always been my favorite band. Nice. And so if I'm if I'm cooking in the kitchen tonight, maybe. Ooh. Um, uh, I have an Amazon Music box. Yep. And I say I say Amazon play Sarah. Nice. <laughs> okay. Nice. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. But lately, um, I, I recently discovered the Chromatics. I don't know who they are. Yeah, not not many people do. Um, 
they are sort of they're sort of like a little bit of new wave um, modern, but they actually just broke up and 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 I didn't I didn't realize they've they probably existed ten years ago. Oh. It, it was it, uh, my my son-in-law had a, a CD, and uh, I really like I really like them a lot too. So uh, oftentimes if I'm working, especially if I'm working alone in a winery somehow, um, doing some labeling or managing some wine bottles. Uh, I'll play the chromatics now. Oh, I'm gonna have to check them out now. Yeah, get a deeper insight into Ed, yeah. Ed Hamill. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you, Ed? Where can they find you? Oh, I'm Website? all over the place. Website. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you would Facebook? find me. Well, find find the vineyard. <laughs> so where do they find? If we're they want one, more? Yeah, we're in Southampton at 155 Glendale Road. Yep. We do have a website. I know. It's GlendaleRidgeVineyard.com. Yep. And we have a we have a Facebook page as well. We're yep. on Instagram. Yep. Um. I, I've been. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm not up to date with like TikTok at all either. Yeah, but I either. know it's it's like a cool thing, and people are following it. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, Maureen works for us a bunch. Uh, she's probably half time, and she's young. She's 21 or 22 years old. So you let I'm her like, do Maureen, do why aren't we on TikTok? Right. Oh, I don't. I don't. I yeah. TikTok is a little bit more active. <laughs> got to do some videos. I think <laughs> you got to be a little bit more active. Um, well, Ed Hamill of Glendale Ridge Vineyards. Thank you for spending some time with me this morning here on Drop the Mic. It was absolutely delightful. It's always delightful to see you, my friend. <laughs> Same here, Mo. Yeah. And um, if you'd like to have more information on the East Hampton Chamber, you can find us at easthamptonchamber.org. If you'd like to have more information on East Hampton Media, they are at easthamptonmedia.org. And we thank them once again. Um, you can find all of the uh, episodes for Drop the Mic on YouTube, either on the Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel or the East Hampton Media YouTube channel or anywhere you can listen or view and watch wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks again, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>